everybody. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. And today we are talking about the movie Pig. 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 Directed by Michael Sarnowski mm-hmm. and starring Nicolas Cage. My man, Nick Cage. That's right. Everyone's favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Uh... So this one, I I, uh, I will say for me, this was a complete wild card. I know, other than Nick Cage, I don't know any of these people. Um, right. And and Nick Cage is himself is even somewhat infamous for being somewhat. I feel like Nick Cage is someone that everyone knows is a, a very talented actor, but who's sort of you know who, who who's uh, filmography is very volatile. Like he's done many terrible movies and, and many great movies. Uh, but even though he's established himself many times, he still seems to do terrible movies quite a bit. Uh, he just does so many. Yeah. He just, his, you get the impression. He just sort of says yes to everything. Right. Right. Um, so, but I don't, he was in six movies in 2019 for example, right? Just like he was, he's just says yes constantly to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, I say that to just to sort of provide context as to why I didn't know what to expect from this movie. I also don't know anything about Michael Sarnowski, the director or the writer, Vanessa block. So, um, yeah, I was, I was just kind of, I walked into this one pretty blind Um, I, I don't think I had even seen a trailer. I just knew that it was a movie with Nicolas Cage as a, as a truffle farmer. Yep. Yep. What about you? So I didn't have any expectations. Did you have any expectations going into this one? No. I mean, other than I had heard that this movie was good, which is why, how it fell on our radar at all. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess we wouldn't have watched a random Nick Cage movie with like a, you know, 20... (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes score. Right. But just like a quick, like visual scan of Nicolas Cage's filmography. I don't, I think I may have seen one of the last 20 plus movies that he's been in, you know? And this is, and this is in spite of the fact that you've probably seen 20 movies with Nicolas Cage in them, right? Right, right. I mean, I, yeah, I'm certainly much more familiar with like his, you know, there was a period of time where I saw most of the movies that he was in. Like if you go back to 2003 mm-hmm. um, or even 2005, I've, you know, Lord of War, Matchstick Men, Adaptation, uh, Family Man, Gone in 60 Seconds, Bringing Out the Dead, Snake Eyes. You're like, I, these are Man, Face Off, really Con Air, the, the Rock, Leaving Las Vegas. These are all movies that I've seen. Um and so it's a, and so it's like there was a time where I would see you know two out of three Nicolas Cage movies yeah. right and the fact that he's made I just a quick eyeball like at least twenty movies in the past few years that I have not seen it's just sort of like a stark reminder of just for whatever reason for the brief time that you know his taste and mine overlapped uh-huh. right like 
that was a that was 20 years ago and now he he's doing different stuff that for whatever reason just doesn't fall um squarely in my in my field of vision um and so it just you know it just goes unremarked upon maybe these are all great movies i don't know um i think the reputation is that they are not um but uh you know some but now it's like a little treat like sometimes he when when i do see him like when he is a voice in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Right? That's right. It's, it's Spider like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you, so you're in the same boat as me though. You didn't really know anything about this film going in. Yeah. Although, I mean, I knew the premise. I knew, you know, right. Truffle Farmer, his pig gets pignapped beyond that. Yeah, I don't a think man. I even knew that. Maybe it's I a man in, in, in search for his pig. That's what I basically knew. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was and I was sort of just ready for I I don't know exactly what I was hoping for and in some ways it was kind of a relief to not be hoping for anything particular right right it's just sort of like okay let's let's go go mm-hmm. find that pig right come see, what may see what you can find yeah um well what were your first impressions uh you know of the movie how did it so it, it's hard. You can't ask how did it compare to your expectations because neither of us had much. But did you think it was a good movie? What do yeah, you think? I did. I did think it was a good movie. I li- it's a movie I liked. It's a movie I'd recommend. Um, it's a movie that its its constraints and sort of the um, the scale at which it is able to operate was like it became clear to me throughout the movie. I was like, okay, so this is a movie that like has to think about how really carefully about how it's allocating its budget. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, the yellow sports car is not, you know, something that they are choosing lightly. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, uh, you know, that is like a, that's a choice that they're making. Cause otherwise it's a very, it's a movie that, um, I think despite it's probably limitations, like looks great and feels like a, you know, professional, well-made film right but i I remember thinking like there's another movie i don't know if you ever saw this movie it was i don't know it was 20 some odd years ago probably at this point that this movie came out but i think it's a if i recall let me even look it up it's another movie in the pacific northwest i think it's in portland called cold weather did you ever see that movie Mm -mm. uh oh maybe it's it's maybe it's more recent than i realized it's 2010 um so not 20 years ago uh, 11 years ago um and that is a movie uh, also taking place in Portland, Oregon, about a brother and a sister who are sort of searching for this this brother's ex-girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just they're just running around Portland and having like these sort of stylized interactions with, you know, mysterious people. And that was a movie where um, it ultimately, to me, kind of like didn't hold together by the end of it because like the they I don't think they quite knew like what the mystery was and I don't mm. think they quite knew what the like what a satisfying resolution to the mystery would be right, right? and so and it just felt like a movie where um I was like hey th- this is a film that despite its um I think it's got talent behind it but I just don't think they quite landed the plane and maybe this is just a function of the script wasn't there or they couldn't get the production to work out or whatever. But it just sort of like, I was thinking about that movie a lot while watching pig 
And I was like, because this is another movie that Pig feels like you've got like a young, this, I believe this is his, the director's first feature film. And uh, I was, I was a little bit nervous throughout. I was like, is is this just going to end up sort of like tailing off, like trailing off in this sort (laughs) of unsatisfying, you know, like this movie's all vibes, but no substance. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I was like very relieved by the end to feel like, oh no, there was a very concrete plan Mm -hmm. for how this movie was going to unfold. And um, it's a very, you know, well-written, elegant, like construction to this movie um, that concludes in a very uh, satisfying, largely, I think, uh, at least intellectually satisfying. I was a little emotionally unsure how I felt, but like very Mm -hmm. intellectually Mm -hmm. satisfying construction to this movie. And so it was just very, um, very sort of relieving that this movie was able to, to, in my opinion, land the plane where I know other other, you know, young directors and first time filmmakers maybe maybe struggle, especially when they've got, you know, rushed schedules or maybe incomplete scripts or whatever. So um, so that was that was nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, and it's funny, you know, I, I don't I can't say I felt the same sense of relief you're describing. But now that you're saying that I I hadn't really thought much about it, but I, I totally agree that it's funny. It's funny the concept that it would be a relief that a movie has an ending. <laughs> like the story uh-huh. has an ending, and I think I think you're right that sometimes um, lesser films, you know, sometimes that are otherwise good, you know, otherwise skillfully made, sometimes that is one of the big flaws is that it just kind of it just kind of trails off. And you realize, oh, they didn't have a destination, you know. And of course, you could say it's it's not it's it's about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> but right, right. Normally, you want there to be a destination, and um, this one does seem like there's, you know, sort of a, if you want to call it a climax of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a scene that represents kind of the big thing. At the end of the movie, there's a denouement, right? Yeah, um, and yeah, yeah there's and, absolutely, and I, an e- there is a confrontation and an emotional climax in this right, film right. for sure, right? Yep, yep, and uh, and yeah, and I liked him. I mean, but more importantly, this was a film that just had me just really intrigued. You know, I think it's it's almost a a device to have him be such a uh, taciturn person, man of yeah. few words, where because he says so little, um, but he's but he's always, through through most of this movie, he's he's a man of action. He's, he's doing something. Mm-hmm. It sort of puts you in the situation of he's not saying what he's doing or what his plan is. I just have mm-hmm. to watch to see, right? Yeah. Which I think it turns out to be very effective because it makes you really, one, it makes you very curious what's going to happen next. Um, or I should say, that's one of the things that makes you curious what's to ha- what's going to happen next. The other thing, though, is just that some really, some really odd and unexpected things happen 
which which then make you think, oh, you know, anything can happen in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, suffice to say, your initial, your introduction to the character of he's just a simple truffle farmer. <laughs> right. By, you know, the, the fir- maybe a third of the way through the movie uh, around that time, it, it's slow. It, it gradually becomes more and more evident. There's much more to him than that. Right. Um, which turns out to be very satisfying, I think, to sort of discover as the film progresses. So, yeah, I liked it. I mean, um, was it, you know, one of m- the best movies I've seen in recent years? I-, I don't know about that. I think it's it sort of feels to me like it belong. It, it it's a nice it's a nice uh, kind of contained film. That to me, I don't know, some some films have this quality where I'm like, it's just good. It it doesn't really feel like it needs to be compared to other movies. You know, it sort of has its own identity. It sort of feels like it's not playing the game of mm-hmm. most other movies. You know, um, my point being, like, I don't think that I would put it. I, I haven't, like, sat down and made my list of the top 10, but it's like any given year if I were to rank, oh, what were these were my 10 favorite movies of the year, I think often there are some movies that just sort of stand out, and this feels like one to me, as like, it's not on the list, but it doesn't right. mean it's not as good as some of these movies on the list. It just sort of feels like it's like this outlier, you know, if you were to sort of like put them on a scatter plot, this would be one of those dots that's just like way off on its own. And right. it's just like, it's good. It's sort of yeah. not very easy to compare to most other movies you see, you know, right. um, it's doing its own thing. And I like that about it a lot. Yeah. To me, it, it sort of feels like in the, in a similar category to a movie like the vast of night, right. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like, is this, is that movie excellent in many of the same ways that I, that we commonly talk about movies on this podcast or n- no, uh, it's excellent in sort of its own distinct ways. Yeah. And um, and, and it sort of competes on fronts that most movies don't attempt, you right. know? Um, and I sort of feel the same way about this one. And it's sort of like, I will be very keen, we talked about this then, to watch the next thing that um, the director of The Vast of Night makes. And I feel the same way about this movie. It's like, the next yeah, thing that totally. Michael Sarnowski makes, I will watch, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I just feel like I'm in good hands. There were a few times in this movie where, because I didn't know the director and I didn't know, and I have a little bit of thought about Nicolas Cage, about like what <laughs> he is. Um, I feel like in, 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 he seems willing to take on roles where that I'm not particularly interested to watch, yeah. right? And so there are certain moments in this movie, and we can talk about them in more detail later, Uh where I was just like, I don't know where this is going exactly. And if it's going in a particular direction, I'm not that into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, and fortunately, I feel like the movie has, you know, the, the, the story and the direction, like there's like just a, there's a tastefulness. And I don't mean that in a bad, I feel like sometimes tastefulness can be a backhanded compliment mm. to mean like very stylized, but soulless. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't feel that way here. I feel like there's just a genuine sort of artistic taste here that that works for me. And so um, 
in those moments where I was a little bit nervous about how the film might, you know, skip the rails, might jump the rails. It, it didn't. And so I like, as the movie progressed, I just felt increasingly like, okay, I'm in pretty good hands. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of have a lot of, incre- I have increasing amounts of trust and confidence in, in where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I feel the same way. It's like, you know, I can imagine two or three years from now, a new film comes out and it's like, by the director of Pig, I'll be like, oh, cool, cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which it's always, a, it's always fun, you know, to sort of, not that, not that I've been following this person, because uh, I'm sure he's done other things, if not feature length films uh, before now. But there's always something kind of rewarding, personally rewarding about feeling like you sort of got in on the ground floor. You know, mm-hmm, if, yeah. if this guy makes like five more movies that I love, th- then this movie will only become more, I'll only have an increased fondness for this movie because it'll be like, I remember when, you know, that first little one he made pig. Um like, I feel that way a little bit about Jeff Nichols, you know, who's, it's not like yeah. he's like made it big. It's not like he's directing blockbusters. Well, he's going to be directing Quiet Place 3, isn't he? Or whatever. That's true. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be Quiet Place 3. He's like directing another film in the Quiet Place. In the universe of uni- the Extended Place, universe. Yes. Um, but, you know, he's, he's kind of quietly just sort of chugging along, becoming more and more of a name, right? Yeah. Um, and it all started with... I don't know. Did it start with the storm one or the or the mud one? I don't remember which one was first. It start yeah. It started with take shelter. Take shelter. Yeah. That's right. That the was also Michael one. Shannon's kind of when he came on the scene. I think. If I'm right. not mistaken. Yeah, anyway, I, I think so. Anyway, okay. So we both liked Pig. We both didn't know what to expect, but we liked it a lot. And, you know, I ha- I haven't seen a Nick Cage movie in a while. Sounds like neither of you. I have a right. feeling this is probably a high point, like a local high point for him. I think he's had a oh, few others sure. in the last, you know, decade or that that have been considered pretty decent, but then a lot of ones that just kind of went, came and yeah. went without much fanfare. I think a lot fanfare. of people, I think a lot of people liked the movie Mandy, if I recall. Yeah, um, I think so, and I think there was another one that was like Aliens, like in the oh, sky or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't Something. See, I don't see a title that looks like that, um, but we might just be really, you know. Well, I, yeah, one. there was just something that I briefly, it was like playing in a theater near us for, you know, a couple weeks. And I was like, that looks interesting, but it didn't quite, didn't quite bubble up to, uh, to happen. Um, in any case, I feel like this is one, this is one I'm very curious for your thoughts on the themes of this movie. Um, because it feels like a movie that has themes for sure. I haven't really sat down and kind of contemplated, uh, what they might be. So maybe you have, do you have any thoughts as to what this movie's, you know, trying to say or what, what, what are the underlying, um, ideas here? The one that really stood out to me and the one that I kept coming back back to as I was watching it and thinking about it later was this notion of truly knowing yourself Mm, and truly accepting yourself for who you are. Right. Right. I feel like, um, I think in some ways like the, the beginning act of the movie, uh, 
there's a lot of pressure, I think, implicitly, not directly, but it's almost like societally on Nick Cage to to be different or have been different from mm-hmm. who he who he who he is at the start of the film. And and I think there's this sort of initial urge for many different characters that he interacts with to sort of like tell they're sort of asking him to like justify his life choices. Right. right? They're like, who are you? Why are you the way that you are? What is this life that you've carved out for yourself? I don't approve of who you are. Yeah. Right. Um, And he very sort of forcefully doesn't take the bait and is like, I don't care what you think. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I just know what I want and know who I am. And I feel like that becomes a increasingly sort of contagious idea as the film progresses and Mm -hmm. like more other characters, I think find themselves a little bit shook by, by that. And they're like, maybe, maybe I should be that way too. You know? Um, Yeah. And so, uh, to me, that's the that's ultimately sort of the notion that is sort of most like to me was most powerful about in some ways the character and about the movie is like it's this idiosyncratic person who is like bumping up against a world that is sort of desperate for him to conform or be a different kind of person. And um and he might be capable of change, but it, w- it won't be because other people want him to change. It'll be yeah. because he yeah. he decides that that's the right choice for him. Um, and so uh, so that was the that was a a theme that sort of really worked for me. And 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 viewed through that lens, I feel like the choices of um, of Nick Cage Cage's character, the character's name is Rob, as well as Amir which is sort of like his his sidekick through most of the film, like yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. How did you phrase it? Like knowing yourself or being true to yourself? Is that what you said? Yeah. Knowing yourself and accepting yourself. Accepting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and, you know, to sort of make explicit what is implicit in what you already said. Um, I'm with you. I think that's very much in contrast to, what what sort of people but not just not just people but society at large says you should do right right i think this movie at at one point makes a very direct comparison kind of between him the character of rob played by nick Mm -hmm. cage and someone who's kind of considered actually there's there's numerous characters in this film come to think of it who are successful by, um, what do you want to, what, what should I call it? Like sort of standard measures by, Mm -hmm. by, by common measures. Um, but his character stands as a symbol of kind of questioning or even rejecting that very idea of Mm -hmm. defining success in some sort of standardized way. Right. Right. And, um, I think 
every character he touches to, to kind of just agree with you, every character he touches is to some degree, uh, come, you know, forced to reckon with the idea that their success, what they think of as their success is hollow. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're, because they're pursuing things that they feel they are supposed to pursue. And yeah, and the power of that idea is that they immediately recognize that he is correct, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, right. it would be one thing if they're like, no, 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 I really value this thing that I'm doing. And like, even if you think what I'm doing is not consistent right. with your value set, like, yeah. I'm very into what I'm doing. And, you know, nobody, like, the people that he sort of indicts as, you know, like, this is, this is fake. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're, you are, whatever you're doing, like I'm, I don't care about it because I can see right through the fact that you are doing what other people want you to do. Right. And you don't, like if you wanted this for yourself, I'd be totally fine with it. Right. 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 But I can tell you don't. Right. And that's like, uh, I, th- and th- that's the power of the idea is like the people that he confronts with that truth, I think are immediately sort of like understand that he is right and that they well, are not fooling him. Yeah, they they either accept it immediately or immediately get defensive about it. Yeah, which either yeah. way is a reaction kind of validating that he, he there's something to what he's saying, right? Right. So yeah, I think that's a big theme. I, I'm sort of tr- struggling to mentally um, work out what what the theme is because there's something there's something important about this movie that I think is different from what we've been talking about the past couple uh-huh. minutes, just about his relationship to his pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure what it is. I just want to say, like, if I zoom out really far, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where I don't know that I can articulate in any sort of precise way, but I think I'm generally right. I think it has to do with like simplicity mm-hmm. and. Something about just simple love, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like loving something and that being kind of a pure, simple, worthwhile thing to have in your Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. (laughs) That that feels like kind of what that represents. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. But that's about as, as articulate as I can get with it. Well, I think in some ways it I think it dovetails with the point that we were just describing, which is this notion of he has determined that being with the things and people that you love mm-hmm. is all that really matters. Right. right. And so for him, I mean, I think one of the most poignant things is, you know, the title of the movie's pig. Like the pig is one of the very few things left that he loves, right? It's probably the only thing he loves. Possibly right? the only thing, right? Um, and he's like, well, that's the only thing that's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I will do whatever it takes to get it back, yeah. right? Like, um, and I think there are a few other things that the movie reveals throughout its runtime that you realize were things that he used to love and you can yeah. see, or you can, you see evidence of sort of the deep care that, or that he feels toward 
those things or those people, but they are gone for whatever reason. And so he's like, the pig is, is one of the few things I've, in fact, you know, like, I don't know if you've scrutinized the poster of the film, the one that's got his face on it, but, um, the poster that's got Nick Cage's face on it says, quote, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. Right. Mm. And I feel like that is very much in line with the sort of the point that you're making, like those few things that you truly care about, those are those are worth going to great lengths to yeah. keep in your life. That's interesting. That's an angle that it that <laughs> that one little excerpt from the poster adds a little bit to the movie for me. It could just be because I missed it, but I don't. I didn't get that so much from the movie, but it it is very much consistent with the movie and and feels right to me. The idea, um, the idea that almost that like you don't fully get to choose. So mm-hmm. so part of what would have made the pig precious in Rob's life is that so few things have come along that he feels love mm-hmm. for and this pig happened to be one of them yeah like the the element of chance you know the idea of mm-hmm. kind of i'm picturing like waves you know crashing along the shore and 99 out of 100 of them don't bring anything and right. and once in a blue moon something precious comes along right right um like I said, I don't I don't feel like that's in the movie um, very clearly, at least not that I picked up on. But it does feel right. I mean, like, like, why did he choose to love a pig? You know, <laughs> it sort of. Yeah, the, seems like if you have any agency in the matter, there's plenty of things you could probably choose to feel more lo- loving feelings towards. But but um yeah, it it almost feels like he just he just happened to love this pig and very I, few I, other things. I feel like the movie is almost making the argument that you don't get to choose. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, they, they just happen to you and hold on tight if mm-hmm. they do. Well, I like that argument. It feels it feels somewhat correct to me. Although you know, having three children, I'm like. I feel like you get to choose whether you're going to have children or not. And sure, you're, you're definitely going to love them. I mean, you know, unless you're some sort of crazy person. Um, so you have some, some control in that regard, but other than the, the people you literally create, <laughs> uh, it, it does resonate for me that, you know, yeah. you come across many people in this world and the number of them that you can honestly say that you love is a, is a tiny fraction. So, right. Right. Or in some case, I shouldn't say people could be animals. Right. Right. Um, And I think, and I think, you know, I would probably even include in the world of pig, like your calling or your profession, you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Like, I think he makes it quite clear, you know, that he like deeply loved what he did Mm -hmm. professionally. Um, and there are reasons that he doesn't do it anymore, which the movie I think sort of reveals yeah. gradually. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I, but, but I think we just don't get that many things to care about. That sort of strikes me as, yeah, very valid sort of lens through which to view the themes of the film. Okay, so I think we got two then. I think we got two pretty clear ones. One is, uh, one is to be true to yourself and live by, you know, the live according to the, the sort of hopes and dreams that you have and not the expectations um, of, you know, the structures, societal structures that you were born into. And the other has to do with really loving, you know, um, cherishing the things in your life that come along that you do love. Yeah. Uh, well, we've covered themes. It's time to get into best parts of the movie. So with that, we're going to openly spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it already. Yes. Consider yourselves we- warned. Ooga. That's the spoiler. The spoiler submarine has submarine. surfaced. <laughs> um, uh, ready to spoil your movies for you. That's right. Uh, so so what do you want to talk about? Well, okay. So th- this movie, uh, there are moments in this movie, one in particular, that uh, as it's happening, I'm, I, as it was happening, I was sort of like, this is why we love movies, right? Like this is <laughs> okay. fan. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I think a huge amount of credit is owed to one of the, you know, smaller character actors in the movie who I think had to do something pretty amazing in my opinion. So he's, they're at a restaurant, um, a pretty fancy one, the name I'm forgetting, but it's one of the few fancy restaurants that they go to in the movie. And, Rob is sitting down with the chef, Chef Finway. Chef played Finway, by an, yeah. Played by an actor, David Nell. And um, Rob asks him a relatively... So uh, they're trying to figure out who took Rob's pig. And so they're following a chain of clues. And he's trying to get this Chef Finway character to tell him, like, hey, I know that... Um, the truffles you're serving here are like uh, the you're finding them via. Uh, I, I suspect they're coming from my pig, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that and so uh, you got to tell me who took my pig. And the chef is like, I I can't. And so Rob decides to take a, a different tack, and he's like, Do you like the food you make here? Yeah. Do you like Do you like preparing it? And Finway doesn't really answer the question. He's like, the patrons love it. The food I serve is consistent with the theme of the restaurant. The right. restaurant has an identity of, ser- of transforming local ingredients into new things and deconstructing them. And Rob's like, do you like this food? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the pub? Right. And Finway sort of, um, you can tell Breaks he's down a little bit, increasingly rattled as the conversation yeah. goes on. And he's like, uh, Rob is like, you worked for me, whatever, 20 years ago. And I fired you cause you always overcooked the pasta mm-hmm. and you taught in the one conversation we had when I fired you, I was like, what do you want to do? And he was like, I want to make a traditional English pub. He's like, 
because you liked that food and you yep. like that environment and you like what that does to people and to you and like the fact that you are doing this instead is like you don't seem to understand that this food isn't real and these people aren't real because mm-hmm. and their approval of you is not real because you have not shown yourself to them right because you have you are not doing what you want to do right yeah yep. and so this is all pointless and meaningless right <laughs> and finway like breaks down yeah right um because he knows that he's just sort of like playing out a, uh he's walking down a path that has been chosen for him by somebody else and he is not doing the thing that he really would love to do which is just make british pub food for people yeah yeah and rob is like with a, you don't, with a scotch egg right yeah that's right that's right that's he's his like, signature you, dish you don't have to do this like why aren't you doing the one thing you love to do life is so short you know mm-hmm. um and so like that sequence with rob just sort of like very i don't think his point i don't think he's trying to break finway right i just think he's like he's so incisive right in his evaluation of what's going on here Mm -hmm. right that when he says like the customers the food isn't real the customers aren't real the reviews aren't real right because you have not shown them yourself like that that sequence of lines Mm -hmm. just like my eyes were just bugging out of my head <laughs> as I'm watching it because I was yeah. just sort of like, this is exactly no, the this sort of like great, yeah. powerful cage is perfect. Uh, the, the guy playing Finway, David Nell is perfect. Uh, Alex Wolf playing Amir as sort of an observer of the conversation. He is transformed just by observing the conversation. Um, and it just, it was like, this is exactly like, this is an amazing bit of performance and writing that yeah, you know yeah. you don't see very frequently in movies so that yeah. to me was a huge standout moment in the film agreed i think it, it feels like kind of the centerpiece of the movie actually you know um, yeah it's it's sort of where you the the movie is kind of giving you a little bit of bits and pieces leading up to that scene of just who rob actually is robin i guess this is his name right his full name yeah, like yeah, yeah. like who like who is this guy you know um mm-hmm. what is what is his past he clearly has a past but what is it um but i feel like in that scene it gives us the clearest or the f- first clear fairly clear view of just like what he was and what he how he's changed you know um or like kind of like what his transformation has been and what effect he has on other people um i feel like it all kind of crystallizes there uh so i agree i think that was a great scene for me probably the next biggest highlight would have to be the 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 ending which we can Mm-hmm. kind of get get into a little bit the mixed feelings that we might have about it but i will say from from when he gives um what's his name uh amir when he gives amir the sort of list of like 
these are the things get these that we need. Here, yeah. I'm going to get my pig back. I was, <laughs> I was very, uh, intrigued, but also kind of skeptical. I was like, right. this seems like we're on a path to something kind of dumb, you know, right. like, right. like I, don't, I, I couldn't quite articulate why it just sort of like, so he's got a plan that involves getting specific food items and mm-hmm. like a wine I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know where this is going, but I just have a feeling it's going to be stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why. But um, but what it actually leads up to, I actually found to be quite elegant. Yeah. And it, you know why I thought it was probably going to be stupid is like, I guess my mind, I'm my mind is just so conditioned from so many other movies where it's like, okay, it's time to do, to get, to you know, achieve our objective, and I have a plan, and we're going to need these things. I was more sort of ready for some sort of like heist type of thing, you know. Oh, uh-huh. and, yeah. And I was like, "What's he going to do with these ingredients? Like, it, it feels like it's going to be something really kind of ridiculous." Mm-hmm. And it couldn't. It, it was the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it ended up being, you know, the idea of he's going to make this meal for this man it's mm-hmm. going to take him back to that day he knows it's going to because he's a master chef and he knows how you know powerful food and wine can be and how connected to nostalgia yeah and it's so the movie has really set it up in a way that i think it earns this final yeah. scene yeah like you believe that he would remember every every dish he made for every you know patron Right. Right. And you believe and 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 the son talked about it as this like very, very memorable night for this couple, like very likely the best meal they ever shared. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's I just feel like it's set up so well that when when I finally realized, I don't know if you probably you, I think you're a smarter uh, movie viewer than I am. So you probably pieced it together faster than I did. But by the time I realized what was happening, that he was. He was having, you know, he was he had served this man the same meal they'd had yeah. with his wife that one night. I was I was so happy with that kind of story development because yeah. it's like he's not he's not fighting fire with fire. He's not like, okay, this is how I'm gonna, you know, make make some heads roll and get my freaking pig back. It was like, I'm going to touch this man. This man is clearly like dead inside. Right. And I'm going to give him like a little bit of like, I'm going to defibrillate him a little bit with just Mm -hmm. like, remember, help him remember what it feels like to love something. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it actually works. Right. It does. It does work. The man is like. It dislodges something. He's like you. (laughs) He's like, you have made me feel like a human being, you know, for the first time in however long since his wife kind of became, um, she's not actually dead in this movie, right? She's right. She, that's sort of an interesting lie that Amir tells. Yeah. Um, She's presumably in some sort of state of like, she's like a vegetable. Yeah. 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 Um, but in any case it, it does work. And I, and I, I found that to be really, effective and then of course there is the very sad 
um, plot development that it's like the pig is dead, right? Yeah. And I think you were maybe a, a little frustrated with that. I, I found it, it felt kind of, it just felt real to me. Yeah. And I felt yeah. his reaction um, was effectively heartbreaking to me. Like the realization that this, that this, you know, creature that you love that like all that mattered to you was getting them back safely to just learn mm-hmm. that they're just gone. You know, yeah. I feel like would just shatter you and it, and it, you know, it did for him. Yeah. So I don't know how like thematically, uh, clean that is maybe there's something about the fragility you know sort of going tying in with the cherish the things that come along that you do love um because they're rare then this then this plot development adds to that and also they're ephemeral right they can disappear um all the more reason to sort of cherish them while you have them but um but aside from the thematic uh you know, where it fits in thematically. I just thought it was, it was very effectively heartbreaking, like I said. So that whole, that whole sequence to me, which was quite long. Um, yeah. To me, was probably the other big highlight of the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and uh, it's one of those things where for me, I don't think I fully put together what was happening until Adam Arkin, the character, the actor who plays Darius takes the first bite. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the way he like shuts his eyes and like is having a major emotional reaction to the meal, like for whatever reason, like until that moment, I was like, he has prepared a good meal. Right. <laughs> That's what I thought at first, too. I think for me, it was when he took his first sip of wine. Right. Like like he he, he eats a bite of food. And I think what I initially thought just in that moment was like oh, this is so good. He's like forgotten how good food could be if right. prepared by like a true artist. But then then when he had a sip of the wine and had and, and reacted even more strongly, I was like, no, there's more to it than that. Right, right. Because right. yeah. also it's like Nick Cage didn't make the wine. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah yeah there's something it's like i need this particular you know uh winery this particular year you know what i mean like because that is the meal that i served to those people right like yeah um yeah there's something uh very very emotionally satisfying about that being because um i think uh so it, I want to come back to this moment, but just as a, as a way of comparing it to something. Um, so early in the film, as far as like what Rob is willing to do to get this pig back, one of the first things he does is go to an underground fight club mm-hmm. where he gets like uh, where the way they do it is basically if you're willing to just like donate your body to get beat up, get the snot beaten out of you, <laughs> you will get paid. Yeah. Right. And so, um, he, and so in that sequence, that was one of the sequences I was really nervous about because mm-hmm. I was sort of like, um, Oh, is this going to be the thing? <laughs> I was right. like, is what are, what is the rest is of the movie, movie? Like as in this underground fight ring. 
is this going to be like a weird sort of um, like not quite a snuff film, but are we just going to like watch like human misery, like in graphic detail? Right. Yeah. Like, cause I'm yeah. not into it. Right. Um, but it was, I felt like that sequence was pretty, despite it needing to convey sort of like the savagery that he is willing to endure to get a lead on the location of his pig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like it was pre it was handled in such a way so as to communicate that without like forcing the audience to like suffer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I was a little bit ner- like walking into that sequence. I was sort of imagining, I was like, I feel like Nicolas Cage has been in many violent movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was a little nervous that this was going to sort of become a like a you were never really here or like man on fire type mm. thing where it's like a guy who's willing to just go to extreme violent lengths. Right. Like, is he going to kill a bunch of people? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I like I mentioned, I hadn't even seen any trailers or anything, so I didn't even really know the genre of this movie. Right. So so at that scene, I thought maybe we were entering like a nobody or John Wick type kind of like, you know, rest of the film of like, okay, he's going to it's going to we're going to learn that this guy Mm. is a just total, you know, killing machine <laughs> right and he's right. gonna go on a tear although although it the, the one thing in the back of my mind that made that seem not accurate is like when the two when the pig gets taken when the pig yeah. gets taken he gets he gets incapacitated very easily right so i was like he's probably not a total you know killing machine but who knows we'll see yeah I was nervous it was going to be sort of like not the same, obviously, but like a sort of like breaking the waves style, like study and suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's just going to get himself into increasingly horrible situations and he'll debase mm. himself to yeah. like find out the location of his pig. And I was like, please don't let this be <laughs> the movie. Please right? don't be that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that. obviously. No, it wasn't. Um, And so. um. And so, like, knowing that the movie didn't do that in, like, the fight club, the underground fight club sequence, um, as he was uh, preparing the meal, um, I'm like, this is a person who is trying to appeal to something, like, deep inside of people and fundamentally, like, address the major issue that needs to be addressed or why they like, what is the reason we are having an impasse? I will address Mm -hmm. that reason. Right. So it's like with Edgar, the guy who runs the underground fight ring, he's like, the problem is this guy wants money, right? He wants, he, and he doesn't think I'm valuable at all. So I need to demonstrate to him that I can bring like financial reimbursement to him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then similarly with Finway, in the restaurant he's like the thing is this guy his armor is up about um he's defending you know this guy darius this restaurateur right mm-hmm. who frankly like is only just keeping finway prisoner like in like a prison of the mind right right, right. so i need to like release finway from this prison of the mind so he can tell me what's going on right 
And then with Darius, he's like, this guy's emotionally dead inside. Right. And so I'm going to like reawaken him so he can talk to me as a human being and not as like sort of a financial inconvenience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's just got this very sort of like astute understanding of like what people want and how to like get them or like or what is preventing them from sort of coming to the table. Mm-hmm. And like, here's how I will get them to come to the table. Um, and so like it felt very con- that conclusion felt very consistent to me with like how he resolves every other problem yeah. in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I agree that making a meal, like leveraging that superpower that he has, right? It's like, of course, like, of course he'll make a meal. He's not a violent man, right? Like he's not, he can't overpower or overwhelm you with force or with violence or anything. He's just going to like appeal to you. Like he's going to break that heart of ice somehow and like get Mm -hmm. to something real in there. And so that to me um, was very satisfying way for him to get through. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that like, you know, the way the script orchestrates it, they like, they give you just, it's like one of those really well-written things where it like gives you just enough clues earlier mm-hmm. in the film. But like, it's never like Adam Arkin ever says like, I had such a good meal once. No. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you need to hear it from his son, you know, indirectly. Right. It is kind of funny that if it weren't for that, uh, you know, dialogue with Amir, he he wouldn't have been able to come up with that plan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's pretty critical. Um, well, maybe, but then he actually, you know, he meets Adam Arkin at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, so he, and he's like, I remember everybody I ever served. Right. right but I'm just saying, I, I don't think he would have necessarily known how meaningful that how meal important. was to yeah, him. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, if it weren't for Amir's story. So, um, Okay, so lots of really great stuff in this. this you know, um, I will say just by way of highlights, I will also say I thought, you know, that other actor, um, what's his name? Alex Wolf, who plays mm-hmm. Amir. Yeah. He had a lot of heavy lifting to do. In the, I mean, it was, it was really him and Nick Cage for almost the whole movie, right? Yeah. What, he, he was way more of an important character than I anticipated, you know, and like... The beginning when he sort of shows up, uh, and what is it, a Camaro or what is the car? I, he I don't know. I don't know my sports car. Yeah, it's me embarrassing. neither. So, so whatever he he shows up in his fancy sports car and picks up the truffles. I honestly assumed that 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 was going to be like the only scene that character was in. Right, and then right. he's like a major character who's in the rest of the film, which was which was something. Um, I thought he did a really great job too. I thought the it, it's it's. It sort of took me by surprise. You know, I thought it was going to be, oh, here's this big city kid who Rob is just going to have total disdain for because he's so shallow, you know. That's right. kind of like, the that's the genesis of their relationship. But he's a pretty important part of the story. And I think I think that the performance and the writing for that character, I was really impressed with. I was like, they made him very human, Right. This yeah. character who at the at the outset, you're sort of inclined to be like, 
okay, Robin, he's this genuine, you know, country guy, salt of the earth. And then you got this, this just despicable, you know, <laughs> like, like bro city business yeah. guy who's just very unlikable. But, but, um, but I thought like the humanity that that actor that that Alex Wolf brought to that character as the yeah. story went along just made me so much more sympathetic towards him than I expected to be. So that for me, it would be another highlight I would share. Yeah, I, I agree that that performance goes from like it has to do a really difficult job, right, mm-hmm. of making you feel like this guy is unlikable and like like I would be happy to ditch him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, to him being sort of like one of the, you know, a, like a major emotional centerpiece of the film. Yep. Um, and you understanding that the that character's journey is sort of like he's built up a ton of art artifice about yeah. who he thinks he ought to be and what type of person he thinks he ought to appear to be. Um you know, that's one of the things that really uh, him sort of that being that scaffolding being like taken down throughout mm-hmm. the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. And for me, like the real the moment that really resonated for me is um, at the very end when after uh, Rob and Amir have sort of left a diner or a restaurant sort of at the very end. And Nicolas Cage says to him, you know, uh, we should talk about this moment, too. But they, they part ways and then Amir gets in his car and he's been listening to sort of like, I think, some kind of primer on it's like classical music, how right? to listen to music or something <laughs> like classical music 101 yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and he just uh, and he just turns it off. Yeah. And he just sort of like sits in his car and sort of like snuggles in a little bit like he's going to take a nap or something yeah. like just sort of realizes he's like i don't need to pretend Mm -hmm. to like this or this doesn't need to be who i you know project to be yeah it's a moment of quiet of of turning off the signal Mm -hmm. right right um i agree that that was a nice moment um any any other highlights you want to talk about before well there's a really there's a really um I feel like it was ultimately the right thing, but I was really surprised how much I thought that was the moment right before Amir in the car, Rob is talking to him and he's like, I'm going to walk home. And Amir says like, are you okay? I think he Mm -hmm. says, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And Rob looks at him and very genuinely is like, yeah. Oh, he says, yeah. (laughs) Right. He's like, yeah. And, and then he walks home and it's like, I was not expecting that to be the way that that conversation went. Cause uh-huh. I was, I would have assumed like, Oh, he's going to be, he's emotionally shattered. This right. is devastating. He's never going to recover from this or at least not in the world context of this movie, but it's like, yeah, I am okay. Right. Yeah. And, and the way that I took that was sort of like, here's a man who has obviously endured significant loss in his life already. Right. And we don't know much about that. I don't think we ever totally learn what happened there. Um, Clearly he was in a relationship with a woman 
Yes. And she died. Right. Yes. Yeah. And but we don't know how because or, or how. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. But it almost felt to me the way I read his response in that sequence was sort of like he's like. Look, you only have the things you love in your life for as long as you're lucky to have them. Right. And then they're gone. And, yep. you know, you can't be mad about that forever right like why every everything dies mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so um just for just as senselessly and you know without reason that his, his let's call him let's call her his wife right let's lori right mm-hmm. that just for the same reason that lori was taken away from me for for no reason right like i lost my pig right senselessly brutally but no there is no why um and so i have kind of no choice but to get okay with it and move on and just like wake up tomorrow and live another day right yeah um and so that struck me as like uh initially very uh like perplexing yeah (laughs) Uh Uh, but as i sort of unpacked it mentally i was like yeah that seems like very consistent with the character it just was not what i was expecting to hear and and i don't know if i would consider it a best part of the movie but it certainly you know shook me a little bit just as i was not expecting it well i it sounds like it did a it was very effective because it it caused you to kind of reflect on uh, uh, those are always good to me when a character acts or says a, a certain way or a certain thing and it makes you think, wait, why? Why did they, you know, say that? Or why did they yeah. act that way? And then you have to think about it. And then the, when you think about it, then you do understand it, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think it's good. I mean, the way I would sort of put it in just very oversimplified terms is he's he's made of hardy stock. You know, he's he's been through... Some, like you said, he's he's experienced the loss. He already knows right. this isn't his first rodeo, you know, and he yeah. and he knows that there's life on the other side of it. Doesn't have to be happy about it, but right. The answer to the question, you know, are you okay? Is yeah, you know, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, do you have anything that you would? suggest you know to the filmmakers to do or change to fix this movie no no i don't think so um i really liked it even the thing you know i wanted as far as what i wanted as a film goer uh i wanted to see that pig again i wanted (laughs) you know what i mean i wanted a reunion i wanted to for rob to get his pig back but it makes sense that like that, that all the care, like the fact that um, when Rob goes to Darius and is like, I want my pig back. And Darius is like, I will give you tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Right. But not the pig. It, in hindsight, it's like, it of, of course it makes sense that he would offer that because he doesn't want to admit that his plan to steal this pig and use it to like source his truffles forevermore. Mm-hmm. went horribly wrong and like was pointless and valueless. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And so he's he would rather lie and say that I'm going to keep the pig and I'll just give you some money to get you to go away than admit like my plan was dumb mm-hmm. and like worthless and um I should have just like probably asked if you would like also source truffles for me or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, or tried to buy the pig from you or something. Anything, right? Like yeah. it just, you know, just a pointless move. Um and so uh and so that it makes sense that he would have offered to pay instead of admitting his mistake. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and so and I think like if the pig had been alive, right? then I don't think Darius would have behaved that way. Right. I think he would have said like, let's make a deal or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, where you get the pig back, but I get to, you know, you stop selling to Amir and you start selling to me or something like that. Right. Um, And so uh, it's sort of like the pig had to be dead for the plot to work the way Mm -hmm. that it did. Right. but it just was, you know, a bummer. I liked the pig. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I, I don't have any problem with this, but the, the movie, it did have that's this sort of comical, um, aspects to it for me where, and maybe this is totally accurate, you know, for all I know, I'm, I'm not close to this world at all, but it was just to me so, so odd the premise that this guy is presented as this, you know, very powerful guy where it's like, you don't want to mess with this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's all about truffles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? is, that, is that real? You know, is like, is like the, the top truffle supplier to the New York. Well, this was Portland. Portland. Right? Yeah. So is the chopped truffle supplier to the Portland restaurant scene like a titan <laughs> that, you know, you would not want to mess with because he's because he or she is like a cutthroat sort of, uh, you know, just like person to be feared. Um, that was that was a little bit funny. Uh, well, I think just for clarification, I think the notion was this guy was like a ingredient sourcer for all sorts of things. Yeah. Truffles yeah. included. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that being said, it's still silly that like, wait, a guy who sources ingredients for restaurants in Portland is somehow like a yeah. crime kingpin. Um, but I mean, but, I mean, but it's like, yeah, maybe truffles is just one of many, but the whole the central premise of the film is that he steals Nick Cage's, he steals Robin's pig because he wants it to find the best truffles, you know? It's funny. I never thought it was actually about the truffles. Did you think it was just to mess up his son's business? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was because it was like Amir's trying to like horn in on my territory. Right. And this is a simple, you know, in my sort of like, frankly like diseased brain right uh this is a simple way i can think of to derail that entire thing it's just take right, the pig right, right. and you, that way I, nobody has to die you know i don't have to kidnap a person i don't have yeah. to kid, i don't have to kill yeah. anybody i but i just kidnap a pig and that this whole thing ends 
right? Yeah, you're probably right. I guess the whole time I was sort of viewing it as like he wants that pig because they all think the pig is the key to finding the best truffles. And so that's what I found sort of funny. But what you say makes more sense. I that 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 makes the most sense to me. Um, and of course, like the great irony is the reveal that Robin gives about two thirds of the way through the movie. He's like, I don't need the pig I don't even need the pig yeah. to find the truffles, right? Like the pig's just my friend, right? You know, like it right. <laughs> is funny. Yeah, where he's just like, why do you? Then what's? Why do you have her? And he's like. Or he's like, why do you want her back or something? And he's just like, I love her. You know? Yeah. It's just very yeah. simple. Um, right. I yeah. Like that. That's right. Amir's like, why are we doing all of this? What yeah. was all this? Yeah. Like, what I, was this I, all I love her. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, like, there's no better reason. It's like right? asking like, me, why am I looking for my daughter or something? You know? Right. Um. Okay. Well, I'm with you. I mean, I don't. So, I mean, you said, you know, you would have liked to see him reunite with the pig but at the same time that's not a genuine fix the movie because you don't because you understand how that how what the movie actually did was the right thing right. um and i don't really have any fix the movie i think um i thought it was a beautiful movie uh, yeah. visually and and you know story story wise uh i liked i pretty much liked it start you know, everything about it um, doesn't mean it was my favorite movie ever, but I I don't really have any complaints about it. So I'm inclined to just say no fix the movie for me. Um, and we can zoom right ahead to the end. Okay. Okay. So do, do we beam it up? For me, um, it's not quite there. I'm going to say no. What about you? You gonna beam it up? I feel like I'm gonna beam it up. Hey, do it, Adam. I, I hope because because I think the the sort of awe I felt a couple of like I mm. think I'm gonna sort of pull a move from your playbook, which is sort of like, look, how high were the highest highs right. for you? Right. For right. you, they were quite high. And the highest high for me in this movie was like as high as it gets. Mm. Like I felt the, the restaurant same, scene. Yeah, the restaurant scene with yeah with chef finley is like to me i was having the same type of overjoyed reaction transcendent yeah that i had to like the firecracker scene in boogie nights Mm. you know what i mean it was just Mm -hmm. like as it's happening i was like this is unbelievable wow awesome and and it was like just words you know it's like guys sitting at a table and a man like deconstructing another man with like just perfect words. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And just something about it was like, this is incredible. You don't see like the, perf- and just like the performances were pitch perfect in that sequence. And then again, I agree with your your basic point about the meal being sort of like the climax of the film. It's like, normally I feel like a lesser movie would not have planted the seeds properly. And it would just be like, I made him a really good meal. Mm-hmm. Right? And be like, I forgot that life could be beautiful, but that meal was great, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's just sort of like, that would be unsatisfying. But the right. way they've done this with it being, no, it's a specific, it's not about how good it is, although I'm sure it's good. Right. But it's about the specificity of this particular meal meaning something to this particular person, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so just those two things alone 
I think make it worth to me the the price of 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 admission and and make it worthy of of beaming out to our lonely astronaut. All right. Well, fair enough. I can't argue with that. Um, And I think our rule is if one of us uh, Mm -hmm. wants to beam it up, it gets beamed up. So, yep. Unilateral decisions here. (laughs) All right. No one key needed, not two key system. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Hope the astronaut enjoys it. Um, well, the smell of truffles wafting into space. Yeah, that's what hey. that's what the, that's what the signal for pigs smells like. It smells like truffles. They got smell a vision up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening, folks. I think that's it. I think we're done. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. 